1: Love, talk Radio. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us all better, faster, stronger. Nah, 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 that, that,
2: that, that don't kill it, me. Can only makes make me stronger. Make I, stronger. Make I need you to hurry up, man. Cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now. It, Cause it, I can't make, make much stronger. Man, make it, much man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long
1: I've been on ya. Work it, all make it. Make
2: Let's play lost tonight You could be my black tape mom tonight Play secretary on the ball tonight And you don't give a f- what they all say, right? Here we go, guys. It's week 11 in the National Football League. Todd Olman is our guest. Here we go.
0: One bleeds red and one bleeds
1: blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred.
0: Game Talk. All right, let's go. On Red vs. Blue
1: Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347 324 5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike.
2: Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. and Boy, do we have a show tonight. It's week 11 in the National Football League. And uh, as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trenton. Before we get to that, Mike, the University of Louisville kicked off their new stadium, Downtown Arena, the Young Center, uh, in front of a packed house to, to uh, host Butler Tuesday night. And they got
0: themselves the a W. Alright, uh, no question about it, Scott. They look great. I mean, uh there's no uh no better way to open up a new center and uh you know, for anybody that's listening that's uh been around Louisville and uh and the surrounding area, you need to go see that arena. That is a beautiful arena and that was a, a great job of Louisville by doing what they did and uh I'm sitting here watching Kentucky. The uh they're up twenty three thirteen on Portland, but uh, you know, it's Portland. But uh it was a uh, beautiful scene and a great way for uh Logan to kick off their uh their year. Scott Scott Well we may have lost scott yeah. anyway uh but uh you know what i was saying is uh you know in college basketball i mean it's just it's it's just heating up but right now the uh the scheme the grand scheme of things is uh pro football and uh, what we're looking at is uh as far as uh over in pittsburgh for instance uh and a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy owners a lot of uh Guys and you know gals, you know you're looking at different things, and uh, we're looking at uh, we're looking at different things ourselves. Uh, we're hoping like to have a follow.
2: You there, Bob? <laughs> you you saved the show, buddy. Last, last week that happened and you disappeared. I just wanted to test you out early in the show to see if you were still there. What would happen if I if I disappeared and you you handled it well? You aced it with flying colors, man. <laughs> three four <laughs> seven three. <laughs> Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the no, number no. one. You aren't me. You're I, taking crap. I'm I, I testing you, man. When we have technical difficulties, like we can't sit there and just have dead silence for about 20 minutes, you know, the, the crew we have the crew, the chat room here at Red vs Blue is comprised of the best minds in fantasy football and high stakes fantasy football, bar none. It is week 11 in the National Football League, so if you have a lineup decision that you want to get answered tonight. You come into the chat room. You log in. Don't be shy. Get you a username uh, over at Blog Talk Radio. It takes you a couple of minutes. Uh, you get that set up. Then you come into our chat room. You can you can uh, you can ask a question anonymously. We've got a lot uh, a lot of listeners in the chat room already, uh, and the questions are already flying in the chat room. Mike, we've got. Uh, We've got questions. We've got uh, people starting Mike Thomas this week after the big uh, Hail Mary play he had last week. He had a heck of a week, man. Mike Thomas, uh, eight catches, 149 yards and a touchdown. He's been getting the targets. Uh, Gerard likes throwing to him, and now you have Mike Sims-Walker out with an injury, Mike. Uh, Mike Thomas, a lot of that success came from that Hail Mary pass. It deflected right into his hands, but... Look, Mike, he still had eight receptions in two of his last four games in touchdowns and touchdowns in back-to-back games. Thomas could emerge as a very dependable receiving option here in Jacksonville. Yeah, no doubt, Scott. And uh, one
0: thing about it, who's been one of the most uh, most hot quarterbacks in the NFL in the last three weeks? It's been Garrard. David Garrard. I mean, this guy is going nuts. And uh, he's getting, you know, he got a lot of the stats last week. From the from that play, but cut uh, uh, Ryan simple, uh, you know that guy's getting it done, and uh, Jack Del Rio, he's he's believing in him, and uh, you know it, it, it was real funny uh, when uh, when I heard on uh, on another show, um, it was uh, uh, MJ, MJD MJD uh, Maurice stone Drew, who's a big fantasy player. He's like, man, I would say. What throwing the to my senior Lewis because, you know, I don't have him on my fantasy league. You know, Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to have to start running in from 50 yards.
2: Yeah, listen, Mike Thomas was turning heads in – uh he was turning corners around in the preseason. There were plenty of people that thought that he was already more talented than Mike Sims Walker now. This week he draws a Browns passing defense that's in the bottom ten in the league. Mike, they're only allowing 245 passing yards per per game. They've consistently been burned by big plays. They've allowed 32 passing plays of over 20 yards. So on the season, when you look at Thomas, he's got ten catches of 20 yards. That ties him for 13th in the league. He leads the Jags in receptions with 41 and yards over 500. This looks like a nice play for Mike Thomas. If you if you need a starter this week, I think you could do a whole lot worse. Fifteen points sounds like a very safe assumption for Mike Thomas and that's a nice game uh at this late in the season if, if you can make sure you lock up that fifteen points. Now, if Mike Sims Walker is out, the counter argument is he will be locked up with a number one cornerback, Mike, but look, you gotta throw to somebody. And David Garrard, I think, has found him a nice little weapon and a dependable player. In Mike Thomas. So, uh, again, against the Browns. You know what? Uh, I think that's a great the league
1: game.
0: Yeah. You know, th- that's a great game to open up with. Uh, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Uh, yeah. Jacksonville's only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the over-and-under is 43, so that screams yeah, a point. But, uh, you know, I'd be scared if I'm a Peyton Hillis uh, owner right now. Uh, Peyton Hillis has done everything you can – you know, you can ask for. It. Uh he's done he's done it all. But in this game I would be really scared. If you have another court or on another running back option, I might want to go that route because uh Jacksonville, they're feeling the juices, they're feeling good. They're feeling good about their team. And uh even though the nerd is forty three, I don't think it's gonna hit forty three and uh you know Jacksonville and Dave Girard and that whole bunch, you know, they're they're feeling pretty good about themselves. So, uh, you know, I know Cleveland's playing well, uh, but Jacksonville
2: is. They too. are. So it's going it's going to be pretty tough. Cleveland is definitely playing well. That's an understatement right now. They laid it to the New England Patriots. I don't know how the Jets escaped with a win when I went when I go back and watch that because there was so much momentum. The Jets' defense really clamped down in the second half. That seems to be a staple of what they do. Uh, They really just put it down. But look at Hillis, 19 for 82 and a touchdown against the New York Jets. Uh, Sanchez looked brilliant. I think his best game in his career as a pro, 299 yards, two touchdowns. You're starting to see that balanced run game that we talked about last week, Mike. Sean Green and LT kind of carrying the load. And then Keller, uh, what's going on with Keller? A three for 25, it seems like another week where he's just not involved. Ever since Antonio Holmes has came back, Keller has been MIA. But Cleveland against Jacksonville, I don't really, I can't really put Jacksonville as a favorite with what I've been seeing from this Cleveland team, Mike. Jacksonville, they're number thirty-two in the league against wide receivers; wow. they're dead last. So, can, can anybody step up on? And, and for Colt McCoy, besides Ben Watson, and and maybe you know throw the ball, uh, you know catch the ball down the field? Could it be? Could it be Cribbs or or uh, I don't even know if he's healthy? Masaquai, somebody step up for this team and. And take advantage of these Jacksonville corners that are right for the pickings. So I'm like you, Mike. Yeah. I, well, 43, 1.5. Give me Cleveland in this game. Well, Scott,
0: the only reason that uh, Jacksonville is favored is because uh, they're 1.5 point favorite. But you got to remember that uh, home team is always given three points. So when you take that into account, uh, a Cleveland should be a two point favorite. Cleveland should be a two-point favorite in this game because you always give the home team three points.
1: Uh, and
0: Jacksonville is the home team. So, uh, well, uh, you know, with that said, I still uh, I still like Jacksonville in this game, and uh, I still like them shutting down Peyton Hillis. Uh,
2: again, 347-324-5404 four, four, four is the number. We've got a full chat room. Brothers Mayhem, E2A, Garbage Point, 7.2 Irregular, Uh, Marty172, welcome to Red vs. Blue, my friend. Mino Brown, Rampo, Shot Caller, Sideline Foul, the list goes on. Lance, Sports Betting Man, the Prop and War Kittens, John Duckworth. They're all in the chat room tonight.
1: We are live on Blog
2: Talk Radio. We can be found on FFC.FM. That's the Fantasy Sports Channel. Mark Ronick and the guys bringing it uh, 24 hours a day. We might be doing a Thanksgiving show next Thursday. We've got to confirm that. Uh, so there's there's three games next Thursday We had one last night, Mike I don't know if you got to see it, but Chicago shut out Miami It was a terrible game From start to finish, nothing was going on uh, Luckily, if you had The Chicago defense, you felt pretty good Other than that, maybe Forte He got you 17, 18 points Other than that, it was non-existent Brandon Marshall owners, I'm sorry Everything looked like he was going to have A big day, no matter who's throwing in the ball Thickpen was supposed to be, you know, looking pretty good and, and he just the Chicago really confused him. Chicago's on a roll, Mike. Chicago is a team oh. that if they get a little bit of momentum, they can they can do some damage. Well,
0: you know, the question I want to ask is uh why in the heck was Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams allowed to run the ball only, what, nine times? I mean, you're facing a Chicago Bear defense that is one of the best defenses that They've seen since the uh, days of, uh, well, Buddy Ryan. So why in the heck did not did Miami not try to at least run the ball at all? Because Tyler, Tyler Thigman, I mean, he, he was three steps back and he had five guys in his face. So, you know, it just blows my mind. I didn't see the game from snap to snap, but I saw a lot of replays and I do not understand why – Miami did not at least try to,
2: you know, establish some kind of run. Yeah. Well, that that's a good point, Mike. Better than the point you made. You're you're, you're getting a little uh, flack in the chat room from Marty172. He's saying this Mike guy, he he's nuts. <laughs> so we're we're bringing the heat here in Red versus Blue as always. Todd Alman is our guest, the world champion of fantasy football from 2006. For those of you that might listen to the show every once in a while, or maybe you've seen the posts on Twitter or Facebook, and you're saying, ah, fantasy football, What? Ah, that seems a little silly to me. Todd Ullman won $200,000 playing fantasy football, okay? Is it silly now? I don't think so. There's a lot of money and corn on the line, and these guys know what they're talking about. The crew, the chat room here at Red vs. Blue, you guys have one week left to make your mark and get into the playoffs at the Fantasy Football Players Championship and at the World Championship of Fantasy Football. Dustin Aspie is our guest next Friday night from the World Championship. He's going to join us right here. I know we've got some questions about this playoff format, what's going on. They've made some changes. We're going to talk about that next week with Dustin. And uh, tonight, Todd Ullman's here, and we're going to talk about him. He has two teams, Mike, in the World Championship, and wouldn't you know it, both of them are in the hunt for the playoffs. It looks like they're both going to make it, and we're going to talk to him about his
0: decisions.
2: Let's get caught up on this injury report, Mike, from Friday Sounds like Eddie Royal. He didn't practice on Friday with a hamstring. That makes him questionable. The reason why I'm bringing up Eddie Royal, it's the Monday night game, Mike. And I know you love to watch the over and unders in these games. Denver and San yeah. Diego. That game's primed to be a shootout.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, Scott. They, you know, both these teams. They just love to score, and uh, you know, I, I just see, uh, I just see a bunch of. Lots bunch of points being uh, put up there, but, uh, you know what? On the other side of it, uh, the defense, you know, the defense can, uh, they can do what they need to do, but, uh, Denver, San Diego, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about an over and under that's going to be uh pretty high. Uh, right now I'm showing it at, uh, 50 over 50 and, you know, in, in yeah, NFL and and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty tough. And, uh, San Diego ten point favorite. Uh I think I, San Diego, what did they do in the last three years, what have they done? They continue to pound on teams left and right. So uh but then again, Denver, uh they they come around and they're showing things, but uh back employed, I, I think he should be healthy and uh you know, there's a lot of things that San Diego has to feel good about. But the one thing that I question about San Diego is a
2: running game. Yeah, the run, the run game definitely has its concerns with uh, Ryan Matthews, uh, Tolbert, uh, Sproles. There's a, there's just a lot of questions here. But you know what, Ryan Matthews with the ankle, he's up in the air for Week Eleven. I think he will play. But Tolbert, he typically sees all the you know the work he, including the goal line touches anyway, and. Matthews looked like the more utilized back but he didn't show much thump in the running game so San Diego's shown they're comfortable giving Tolbert the majority of work on the fly and I think Tolbert he, you know he can see his typical work this week and even if Matthews plays that might be enough for the goal line you know carrier against this this Broncos run D that's getting absolutely gashed now they didn't allow many rushing yards last week the Chiefs they were throwing to come back from that huge deficit, but you can't look at that. They let the Oakland Raiders run absolutely wild on them, and so did Frank Gore. So, you know, I, I kind of like Mike Colbert on a, on a Sunday, on a Monday night game, unless I mean unless really? you think that it's going to be Matthew's coming out party. I don't think it's
0: going to be Matthew's coming out party. Uh, I think that uh, San Diego is going to ha- get ahead quick uh, through the air. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's – going to be necessarily uh, Tolbert, Matthews, uh, any of them. I think it's going to be air And uh, I think if you're a, if you're an owner, any wide receiver of Denver, then you might be a happy guy because they're going to be coming. I mean, they got to come from behind.
2: Listen, we've got a great who do I start that I want to bring up to you because we've got Todd Ullman coming on in just a few minutes, the former world champion right. of fantasy football. Uh, we've got we've got pick four here, Mike. I want you to look at these uh, look at these options here. Randy Moss versus Washington. Again, a total disappearing act here for this season. Malcolm Floyd coming back from Denver. I think he's a must put. You got to put him in your lineup this week coming back. And on that over under, uh, Mike Williams from Tampa Bay. Now that's a, a dicey situation. You are. DUI. We'll talk about that here in a minute. That's he pulled a Mike Trent special on you. Uh, Mike Thomas versus Cleveland. We've already talked about him and his upside. Amendola versus Atlanta and Gaffney versus San Diego. You got to pick four. That means you got to bench two of those guys, Mike. Randy Moss, Floyd, Mike Williams of Tampa, Mike Thomas, Amendola or Gaffney. Uh, I'm gonna give you the floor first. Which two would you bench out of those six? Okay, out of, out of
0: those uh, one, two, three, four, I would uh, I would bench uh, I'll bench Williams, and I would bench. Uh, Probably Thomas. Uh I'm gonna take uh Amendola because I've been a big fan of Amadola. The reason why is because I can guarantee you he gets receptions immediately out of the box. Uh the the guy is uh he's solid. Uh you know, he you you can count on him to get something right out of the way. Um Jabar Gaffney, this could be a perfect game you know, like what's uh what I just talked about, uh Denver could be coming from behind against San Diego. I love Jabari Gaffney, uh, Randy Moss. Question mark? Question mark? Big time? Question mark? Uh, Malcolm Floyd? Question mark? Um, I would I would
2: uh, bench uh, Williams and Thomas out of that bunch. All right, Mike. Well, you know, good call. I, I you know that's a that's a huge game there. That Gaffney versus San Diego going to be very hard to bench him. But when I look at his performance. Uh, and I'm looking at week to week to week. It looks like he's a 15-point guy. Uh, to get you 15, that's kind of his upside. He's had one game higher than that all season long. And so Amendola, conversely, I know you like him. I like Amendola to maybe even get 20 this week against Atlanta, and we'll talk about that game here in a little bit. Moss is the one I would bench just because, you know, you, you got to show me something. you got to show me yes. something. I don't care what yep. – we're way past the time that you look at where you drafted a player and put him in there. You have to just go with the guy who's, who's performing, and, and, it's, and it's not Randy Moss right now. Malcolm Floyd you have to put in there. It's his week back. Antonio Gates is not there. Uh, you've got to put Malcolm Floyd in there. And and this whole Mike Williams system uh, situation, I don't think he is uh, – look, he got a DUI for blowing two – Breathalyzers under point oh eight. He, he, he blew under the legal limit. He failed the field sobriety test. Mike, it sounds like something you'd do. You know, it's like, spell of the alphabet backwards. I mean, and you're like, uh, Z, well, uh,
0: uh, Q. Got it. Got it. The bottom The bottom line is, The bottom line is, you're in the NFL, nothing good happens at 340 in the morning, okay? And the bottom line is, these guys got to understand that. Nothing good happens at 3:40 in the morning.
2: Yeah, well that that Hello? Okay, so Mike, did you pass the test or what, man? That's two timeouts in the same show. You passed the first one. What happened in the second one? Tell me. Okay, Mike. Uh, Mike didn't pass. I, I gave him the test. Look, we're, we're having we had some technical difficulties again. This is the second time uh, in a row we've got some issues. We, I think we've got it cleared up, and we've got we've got Todd Alman coming on. Let me see if I can get Mike back to the program. The switchboard's been I'm kind of flaky. Mike, are you back with us, my friend? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Luckily, we have the chat room that's going steady. It's Steady Eddie in there. They're going wild with the hoodlite starts, and uh, the technical difficulties are over. So that means we're going to go ahead and bring on our special guest of the evening. Todd a.k.a. A- 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 River Dogs, joins us live on Red versus Blue amidst all the chaos here. Todd, welcome, buddy. How how you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me on. Good to have you,
2: Todd. Absolutely. Todd, we're thrilled to have you on, buddy. And, and just so everybody knows, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how long you've been playing fantasy sports. All
1: right. Um, I live in Southern California, Los Angeles area. I've been doing fantasy football for probably about 17, 18 years. Um, started out running my own leagues and been addicted to it ever since. And uh got involved in the high stakes about 2005. And I play way too many leagues.
2: <laughs>
1: Got involved yeah, we're, in ice hockey in,
2: 2000, in 2005, and he wins the world championship in 2006.
1: Yeah, I have a partner too, Richard Berger. We're 50 50 partners. We won it together.
2: Yeah, That's so you cool, guys. Don, is, uh, go ahead, Scott. Okay, listen, Todd, uh, Todd and Richard. Richard is a is a part owner. You guys have a couple of teams this year, and we pulled up the teams, and we, we we saw that you not only are looking good in one, but you also are looking good in the other. And and I'm starting to see you pulled off Frank Gore in both leagues. You pulled off Malcolm Floyd in both leagues. Just those are two real solid anchors. Talk about uh, what you saw in Gore and Floyd that made made you want to have them on both those teams.
1: Well, um, you know, we talked a lot about our first pick. It seems like you spend the most time talking about your first pick. And uh, we were going back and forth that we might take, you know, Andre Johnson if he made it to five. But we pretty much decided uh, that morning in both leagues if we could get him that we would take Frank Gore at five. Um, you know, it just seemed like a, a, a great year for him, and he catches the ball a lot out of the backfield. He has very little competition, and it looked like the 49ers are going to be a really big team this year. So um, we, we did it, and we're pretty happy we got Gore on both teams.
2: Hey, you've got uh, you've got a real good shot at this thing. In both these teams, you have very solid quarterbacks. It appears in one of them you waited for your quarterback and snagged Rivers, and so you you've been doing the Rivers Malcolm Floyd thing when they were healthy and now in the other you spent a very high pick on Aaron Rodgers and that's unlike a lot of high stakes veterans talk about what why you decided uh, to to pull the trigger early on an Aaron Rodgers very risky is that something you, you you normally do
1: Uh no it's not something I normally do I I generally you know like a lot of the high stakes you know experienced players uh, generally wait on on quarterbacks in a lot of my leagues um, but, you know, I learned in the last couple of years, for me personally, it works best to not really stick to any hardcore rules like that. And um, if a player falls to you and you think that it's great value, um, you know, you just sometimes, you know, bite the bullet and take them. And another thing that, you know, when you get real confident and you feel like you can pick good, you feel like you can make it up later in the draft. So if a guy like Aaron Rodgers falls to you and you think that he shouldn't have made it that far, uh, which is what happened, we didn't go into the draft expecting to draft Aaron Rodgers then we'll take them, and we figure we can make it up with later picks.
2: Well, let's take a look at this team that you started with. Um, I'm I'm looking at the Burger Kings team uh, that you and uh, Richard are a part of. Uh, I see in your lineup this week, it's very interesting now, you know, uh, Javid Best has the toe entry, and it looks like you have him on the bench right now for Dustin Keller at the Jets. If if Javed Best plays, is Keller going to see your – is he going to see the lineup, or are you going to leave Keller in
1: there who's been very uninspiring? Well, um, you know, it's a big week, obviously, and we're we're talking a lot this week, Richard and I, and we are going back and forth all over the place. Um, Keller's been pretty disappointing, but, I mean, Houston's the worst against the pass, so we figured it's a good week to put him in. Um, and then we got Zach Miller on the bench, and he could have a big week too. So, really, we've got, like, three guys that we're discussing at Flex. Um, you know, Malcolm Floyd was – into consideration, but I'm actually getting real nervous about Malcolm Floyd now. You know, there's reports that his hamstring were tight, and I got the impression last year that um, he's just kind of slow coming back from injuries. You know, um, Granted, this year he's the go-to guy, and last year he was just a role player, but I'm just a little nervous about him coming, up, coming uh, back after that hamstring. Well, you're right
2: about Houston Texans' defense. They allow a ton of yards, and Mark Sanchez threw for 300 for the second consecutive week, and, and this week he draws the worst passing defense in the league, and and if you have Jericho Cotchery out, I can kind of see now what you're talking about. It, uh, it it makes for a very interesting situation. Now you also have Zach Miller in the lineup, who has he is he's publicly declared that he will play in this game, but he's no he's no spring chicken right now himself. He does have uh, he he he's been limited, but he did say he will play. Is he another consideration of yours that might find the pine for? for maybe a guy like Javid Best to uh, to pop into the lineup. Javid Best is one of those guys that he didn't look very good at all last week, and now he draws the Dallas Cowboys. So is, is that even a consideration? I know you also have Jacoby Ford as a possibility. Is he even on the radar?
1: Jacoby Ford is not on the radar to put in the starting lineup. Um, I just think that those other guys that we're discussing are a better option. We we um, are even discussing putting Steve Breston in, because he had a real impressive game last week um so no definitely not jacoby ford and you know it's going to be a last minute decision who knows uh between the guys that we're discussing we're just going to kind of go with uh, what we see and what we talk about and it will be a last minute decision
2: i'm also a little surprised you're and and again this is just good conversation to get guys uh you know thinking cap going here you've got steve smith from carolina also in your lineup and man i know you're disappointed with, with with him todd and And you've got a guy like Steve Breston on your bench who has looked more than capable with Derrick Anderson throwing the ball. He's got a matchup against KC. I know Mike likes that over-under. That's, uh, what is that, Mike, 43, 44, something like
0: that? Actually, it's 43 and a half, and I've been been listening to Todd talking about it. And, uh, you know, I've got to almost go with uh, Steve Breston in this this, uh, arrangement here because – you know, just, it sets up perfectly for Steve Breston to uh, continue to do what he's doing.
1: Yeah, um, you know, that, that is a good point. We talked real briefly about not playing Steve Smith Carolina because he's been so bad. But, you know, you got to think that they're going to be behind and they're really going to have no choice but to throw. Uh, they've got a brand-new quarterback in there. I, I don't know. It seems like the minute you bench Steve Smith Carolina is when he comes out and has a big game. But he's uh, definitely a possibility to bench too.
2: Yeah, and that is a situation with Brandon LaFell out. Uh, They're going to have to throw to somebody, and and you have Jonathan Stewart out. Uh, Mike Goodson is the starter there. So, yeah, uh, Baltimore should jump all over Carolina. My only fear would be that, you know what, they just go ahead and double up Steve Smith, and that team becomes so enough, nothing happens at all. So, very wise of, of those teams that went ahead and picked up the Baltimore Ravens defense this week. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to this other team here, Todd. Because again, you've got two teams. It looks like you're pretty safe for the playoffs in both of them, and you've got a guy on your bench this week. I want to talk about Rob Gronkowski, the tight end of the Patriots. Mike, I know you like this kid. He he looked very good last week as Brady's uh, you know target, and they've they've said they will use him more in games where pass rush is important uh, to defend against. They used Gronkowski last week. This week you draw. they draw the Colts, which definitely has a pass rush on the end, Spreeny and Mathis. Talk about Gronkowski. Is, is, are, you, are you sold on Gresham, or is Gronkowski kind of tugging at you a bit?
1: Um, no, actually that's a close call, too. Um, I kind of preferred Gresham earlier in the week, and actually Richard prefers uh, Gronkowski. So I guess that's a little bit undecided. We'll look at it. Um, You know, this team, in case you haven't noticed, had one of the big tight ends that went down. So we've been uh, scrambling a tight end all year. We we had the Green Bay tight end, Finley. Um, But, you know, I think it's pretty close this week between Gresham and Gronkowski. I mean, even though Gronkowski had three touchdowns, he didn't have a ton of catches, and he had a lot of games where he was just, you know, invisible. So um, it's close. But Gresham also, same thing. I mean, we're really just struggling to find a guy who's going to put up decent numbers and get us a few points at the tight end position.
0: Now, if you uh, have Todd, do Run- you have anybody else that, uh, that is available at tight end? The reason I ask that is because I think uh, Grykowski, I, him or Hernandez, uh, neither one of them are going to have much luck this week. Uh, so, uh, Gresham, is your only other uh, option? Is that
2: what you're saying?
1: Uh, well, there's Dresson, but I'm not too uh, thrilled with him either.
2: Yeah. Yeah, although although Ben Watson did have a pretty big day against the Jets, uh, wouldn't that be something? You sit here talking about the two guys, and it's always your third one to go off. That's how, that's how it is for me. You know, uh, Gronkowski, uh, it, it's interesting, the matchup that he has. You know, they are going against the number one tight end defense in the league and the Colts, while Gresham's going up against the, the 31st best, the, uh, the worst, one of the worst defenses against tight ends. So, you know, I, I don't That's usually the time where you just flip it around the other way because you know something just fluky is going to happen in that game. And uh, Gresham definitely looked good, so I I, I understand. You also have Brandon Jackson on your bench, uh, who's been more than serviceable this year. And uh, the the, the rest of your team, though, looks very rock solid. Listen to this lineup, gang, here at the chat room, the crew at Red vs. Blue. Rivers, Well, you know what, what, Todd, you know this team. You go ahead and run those starters down. Let them them hear your, your starting lineup.
1: All right, well, starting lineup for now. Uh, by the way, real quick, I have a feeling Brandon Jackson will end up in my lineup as a flex and that will bench Malcolm Floyd. I'm just getting more and more nervous about him. But uh, yeah. right now in the lineup, we have Philip Rivers. At running back, we have Frank Gore and Jamal Charles. Uh, right mm. now, our three, our three wide receivers we're starting are Terrell Owens, Malcolm Floyd, and Greg Sings. At flex right now, we have Mike Thomas. Uh got Jermaine Gresham in and Billy Kenda's kicker and San Diego Chargers defense. Good deal.
0: Yeah. Very, very solid, yeah. man. A, that, that's that's a solid, that's Todd. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So far uh, uh, this year, the WCFF teams have, have uh, been going pretty good. We're pretty happy about them.
2: Oh, absolutely. This is your bread and butter. This is why you've, uh, you've won that. It's no fluke when you win the $200,000, that's for sure. Now, you got Terrell Owens in the lineup. This is this this had to have been a, a very hard pick for you when you finally uttered the words and they came out of your mouth on draft day. Did <laughs> both of you guys agree that you would spend a high pick on Terrell Owens? Because what was he going? He was going around the sixth, seventh round, right, about that time? So,
1: Well, I wish I, wish I had the draft in front of me, but, yeah, he as, as high as fifth or sixth round by the time draft day came, yeah.
2: That's tough to do. I know – You know, I drafted right next to a guy that said they're just gonna, they love To. They're gonna throw to him all the time, and I'm just like, yeah, could be, but I just don't want him on my team. Did you ever have that feeling, or were you just like, this is all about the targets?
1: Well, I really flipped around on To. You know, when I was doing a lot of the early drafts, especially before he had a team, you know, someone would take him in the ninth, tenth round, and everyone would laugh, and I was on the side of everyone of everyone laughing. Um, I mean, I thought he was done. And um, it just as we got closer to the season and he went to the Bengals, um, I just liked it. You know, and then when we got a week or two away, it just kind of felt like, you know, he's not going to go crazy. He's got his buddy there, um, so he's not going to have off-the-field issues as much. And, um, you know, I still think he had something left in the tank, and I, I just it seemed like a good fit. And uh, where you were getting him in the fifth, sixth round, if he was a shadow of what he used to be, that's a steal. And he um, had an amazing stretch. Wow, what a stretch. So it uh, worked out. We're
2: talking Todd, to Todd Holm, um, former former world champion of, of fantasy football, two hundred thousand dollars. Mike, you had a question for Todd?
0: Yeah, if you don't mind, uh, what's been your, uh, your your sleeper and what's been your uh, bust? If you had to, if you had to name a sleeper uh, from your team that you uh, drafted from the beginning and a bust that just uh, just totally did. Get you
1: know good. Yeah. Well, um yeah, you'd see a lot of similarities on a lot of my teams. Um I uh I, I definitely had Mike Thomas as a sleeper and I have him on a ridiculous amount of teams. And um so you'll see him on a lot of my teams. Let's see what else. I actually like Brandon Brandon Jackson. We drafted him. Um I thought he could be a real solid uh starting running back if if, you know, the guy in front of him goes down and sure enough he did. Um, as far as busts go, I don't really see them on these teams. But you know, I got Ryan Matthews everywhere. Um, that was a huge bust, and I have Pierre Thomas everywhere. Those are basically injury busts, but nonetheless, they're early picks and they kill your team. Yeah, cool.
2: Todd, we want to we want to jump to this game. Uh, the Oakland Raiders are obviously an upstart uh, team that's looking a whole lot better. They're on the road uh, to Pittsburgh, who just uh, just suffered a defeat. And they're playing a game where you've got one of the best running backs in the league, arguably, and Darren McFadden. I mean, he's been uh, just fantastic. But he's stepping in against a rush defense who is far and away the best against the run this season. So is, is this a situation that you could uh, see? You know, let, let let me just, you know, let me throw out, like, you know, you might have a Gaffney or, uh, or, or maybe a, um, uh, I don't know, you know, not a Donald Brown, you know, because he's been just awful. But, uh, you know, somebody that's serviceable. Do you do you put them in, or do you go ahead and uh, take the chance that McFadden can get it done against Pittsburgh just because he's so involved?
1: Well, I don't have McFadden on uh, many teams. Um, I wasn't super high on him preseason. Um, so I really suppose it just depends on what your alternatives are. Um, for the most part, I would probably put McFadden in at home, even though I've got a feeling that this is the week that the Raiders fall back down to earth and that they get crushed by the Steelers. Um, but, you know, it's hard to bench Darren McFadden right now. I mean, when he's in, he's getting tons of yards, he's getting touchdowns, he's getting catches, so I don't think you can bench him unless you've just got an incredibly good option.
2: Let's talk about uh, Darren McFadden versus Felix Jones this week. Felix Jones uh, looks like he's kind of turned the corner a little bit last week. There's a lot of good mojo going on with the Cowboys right now after that big win, and everybody assumes... The Dallas was gonna look good against the Detroit Lions. He he finally played well against the Giants. He had fourteen carries for fifty one yards and then he had that nice catch for uh three for eighty five and a touchdown. The Cowboys finally found a way to get him more involved, Todd. So that was the most carries he's had since week six. So would you put a guy like Felix Jones in your lineup over McFadden or would you keep uh would you keep rolling with McFadden?
1: It's a a funny question because I've got, like, 40 teams, and you're talking about two guys that I barely own anywhere. Um, (laughs) But I'll answer it anyway. I would probably play uh, McFadden. I I would. i play McFadden. I mean, uh, Philadelphia just looks incredible right now. I could easily see Philadelphia actually going up on the Giants on the road and um, therefore limiting the run game of of Dallas and Felix Jones. Um, He still catches the ball out of the backfield. But I just got to feel like – McFadden's going to be more involved. I mean, they're going to. I think they're going to try and use him the whole game. So I would go McFadden.
2: Yeah, they've they've, they've got a tough matchup. It's, it's Detroit they're playing, and uh, let's talk about Legarrette Blount, um for a second. Is this a guy that I mean, obviously you've seen him? He's done a fantastic job since taking over the main running back in Tampa. I mean, this kid, he has double-digit fantasy points in two of the last three games. He's coming off a real solid performance in week ten against Carolina. But this matchup at San Fran could be tough. Mike, what's the line on this
0: game? Is San Fran favored? Don't tell me San Fran is favored, please. San Fran is favored. San Fran is oh. three-and-a-half point favorite, And the over-and-under is 41 and a half, which is a little light uh, on this game, uh, which uh, screams to me that uh, LeGarrette Blunt might have a tough time doing what he wants to do. Um, San Francisco, uh, they – you know, they can have some fun in the uh, passing game and uh, I I think uh in this game in particular, uh I, I really believe Frank Gore is gonna he's gonna break out with a big game.
2: Well, way a way to step out on a limb there, partner. Todd, look man, you got you got Blunt taking over and now you've got San Francisco can you even believe San Francisco is favored. They barely squeaked out a win against St. Louis, which I called. I made money on that game last week. Now it's it's they're favored over Tampa Bay. What what is going on here?
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure that they're just mainly factoring in that you know the home game, and uh, I like San Francisco's played a, li- a little bit. It's San Francisco's at home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're that's, that's just three yeah. point. Yeah. So pretty um, so sure much all even. Yeah, that that that's a factor, and I guess uh, a lot of people just don't give Tampa Bay credit. You know, they're not a high-scoring team, but yeah, I really like uh, Legreele Blunt. He looks looks like an animal running the ball.
2: That line just looks so backwards to me. Let's let's talk about Mario Manningham at Philadelphia, Todd. Uh, this this guy, he steps in for the injured Steve Smith. He had ten catches for ninety-one yards, but more importantly, he had sixteen targets. Now, I'm praying, I, I'm. You know, please, Manningham and Nix. I've got this combo. I backed up Nix in the World Championship with Manningham, and i have started them last week. I'm going to start them again. So my season hinges on this game, Eli Manning at Philadelphia. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this lineup decision at you. I've got Manningham. I've got Nix in there. I've got James Jones and uh, – Michael Crabtree, I've got to choose between one of these guys, Manningham, James Jones, and Crabtree. I've got to bench one of those guys. What would you do here?
1: I would I would bench James Jones. I mean, I love him as an athlete, but he's pretty inconsistent, and Crabtree, you know, uh, is definitely the go-to receiver there. Um, he, you know, it just seems like the bigger play to me, um, just the, the bigger upside. I would bench James Jones. I would not bench Manningham or Nix. I have one team where I'm in the same situation as you, starting those two guys, and I'm very excited to have them both in my lineup. Although the Philly matchup isn't ideal, but you can't bench either one of them.
2: I just asked a former world champion, Mike, I'm going to ask you. James Jones, driver's a little iffy. It does sound like he might play. Or Crabtree, which of those guys do you bench, and which one of those guys do you ride to the championship?
0: Well, you know, I'm not going to... There, there is no way you can uh, bench uh, Crabtree, in my opinion. You got to start him. Uh, you got to go with. Uh, you got to go with uh, Manningham. Manningham sounds like a, a definite starter in my opinion.
2: All right. Well, well I, I had James Jones in there because I thought Driver was going to sit. Now it sounds like he's going to play. You've got. I've got to. I've got to reevaluate everything. So. Todd, there's, there's a lot going on in the league. I mean, we could keep going on this. Mike Williams, uh, this 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 situation here with, with this DUI, I don't know what to think of it, but Tampa Bay uh, against San Fran, that you've got to think that, look, I, I'm i a guy that says this guy didn't do much wrong here. He had a couple of drinks. They said he's leaving, but he failed a field sobriety test. I mean, he blew a .06. I mean, he was fine, I'm sure. I mean, I know what a point oh six probably feels like. You know, it's not drunk. So he's got uh, he's got something to prove here. Maybe even a little chip on his shoulder. Freeman going to throw him the ball a little bit. Are you down on him at all this week, or are you going to put him in with confidence?
1: I'm putting him in with confidence now. I feel pretty much what you just said is how I feel. Uh, first of all, you know, you hear the news, and you're like, oh, I wonder if he's going to be suspended or not start. Um, and then you hear that it's under the legal limit. And the report I read is that he was weaving in and out of traffic, like a lot of people do when they're trying to get somewhere. And, um, I don't think he was impaired. I think they saw him weaving. They pulled him over. They smelled alcohol. Um, and who knows if there's any other factors, but they arrest him, but he's under the legal limit. So they've already said, he's not going to be suspended. I agree. I think he will have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I would start him everywhere. I have him.
2: Mike, what well, do you think about this you know, situation,
1: man? I'm going to jump in right now. Uh, the guy,
0: I heard he was speeding and you know, whatever, but, uh, you know, possible marijuana. Nothing Maryland. good happens at that time in the at that time in the morning. But uh, you know, I, he he's a great wide receiver, and uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with him. But uh, I don't I don't like the situation, and uh, so I, I'm not going to start him.
2: <laughs> Todd, what do you do with this Indianapolis Colts? There's another big shootout, Mike. I always count on you for the over unders. Indy, New England. That's got to be approaching. 48 or 50 or something like that but it you've got all of these injuries in indianapolis reggie wayne if you drafted him he's questionable uh austin collie is questionable they both did practice today on friday it sounds like we'll know a little bit more on saturday but you've got to die he's not practicing he's doubtful mike hart's not expected to play what do you what do you do if you've got colts i'm sure you, you've got them somewhere
0: well, I, I'll tell you what, just give you and uh, you and Todd some uh, insight. Uh, New England is a four-point favorite, and the over and under is 50. So you, you, you almost wow. nailed it there, Scott. Uh, it's going to be a shootout. They're going to score. They're going to score a lot of points. Uh, I would play Jacob uh, Tammy all day long. And uh, as far as New England, I don't know who to start other than Tom Brady. I would start Tom
2: Brady. All right, Lou uh, or, or Todd, go ahead. Give it give us give us your perspective on this.
1: Um, you know, I don't really know what to say about that game except for I want to watch it. <laughs> um that's definitely gonna be a fun game. Um yeah. I agree. I mean you obviously start any cult you have in the receiving game if they're playing. New England's been pretty horrible against the pass. Um but, yeah, I mean, New England's just a weird team. You know, where where I have uh, Wes Welker, it just doesn't feel great. He doesn't seem at all like the big explosive player he used to be. I think um, losing Randy Moss was huge for them. It wasn't about his stats. It was about what he did for the rest of the team. Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm really not sure about this one. I, I feel like I kind of like Indy a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's just uh, it's just a real question I, if I had Reggie Wayne and I'm sitting here counting on him for a big week, remember this is a money week. If you if you bomb on this week when you're trying to win the you know, get into the championship round, that that field of four there, there's there's nothing left you can do. You cannot hey, make you a mistake lose out. here. You you lose gotta, out. Yeah, but you no, know what, the other thing is all all I don't, don't want to overanalyze this stuff. If you overanalyze it to death with the stats and you get let the stats get in the way, just Take the guy that you you got in your heart that you you think's gonna go and, and that's the guy you gotta go with. I mean you, you drafted them for a reason and this if they're you they're here for this week. That's kinda of how I go. I mean okay. I, I've well, seen it too many times. You you take the guy that's yeah. the you know, going against the thirtieth pass defense and you, instead of the guy that's in the fifth and but you, you have a better feeling about that. You can't you can't analyze by the numbers, can you?
1: No, and, I, uh, I agree with what you're saying a lot. I mean, over analyzing I think is a huge problem i actually don't read a tremendous amount because you read every opinion you know on every side and they all kind of make sense and then you're just more confused the more you know
0: <laughs> well, you know what i think that uh you know after hearing you guys talk about it uh Ben Rodgers Greenell could have a huge game for uh New England i mean
1: Makes sense. I mean, he's real hit and miss. He's real hit and miss. You know, if he's going to get two touchdowns or if he's going to get shut out and have forty yards rushing. So, um, I don't know. He's a he's a tough one to call for me. Yeah, yeah
2: he could, he's a guy that can get you four or five, and and it, and I'd rather have that guaranteed twelve, you know, ten or twelve points, but, you know, than than a like Ben Jarvis.
1: Yeah, but he's been a nice surprise. I mean, if you're sitting, at Matthews and you don't have much option. I mean, he's a great guy to put in there. I mean, he's getting production.
2: No Sean Moreno this week. Again, he's he's the Monday night game against San Diego. San Diego is uh, one of the better run-stopping teams in the league. You would would assume that this is going to be one of those air it out, shoot it out games, but San Diego is also one of the best defenses in the league against quarterbacks. So it's kind of hard to figure out how this game is going to play out. You would imagine that San Diego is going to jump out all over you. They're a 10-point favorite, which would mean at that point, uh orton's you know just airing it out and throwing the ball if 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 that occurs, is moreno gonna be part of this offense or should should owners look elsewhere?
1: Oh uh, no, I think uh moreno- Moreno is hitting a stride right now, I mean, I think you would have to play him i mean unless you have an incredible option, but you know Moreno finally got healthy, and um you know he catches the ball a lot. I think you have to play him um that being said, I would say that this game's got you know San Diego all over it i mean. San Diego, this is kind of their time of the year where they start really coming on. And I really see Denver's been so good, but I really see this as a letdown game for them. And um, I think San Diego will probably roll on that one. But it'll be a Monday night, so anything can happen on a Monday night.
2: Well, Todd Ullman, thank you for joining Red vs. Blue, buddy. We are rooting for you. You've got two teams that look very solid. We're going to watch them this week. And uh, you've obviously got the Steve Breston situation to monitor there with Malcolm Floyd. And then on the other side of the ball, or on the other team, you've got Gresham or the Gronk. One of those guys is going to find your lineup. I know you'll uh, put a lot of thought into it uh, before you do. Maybe even a Brandon Jackson getting into your lineup. So it's probably going to be Brandon Jackson at the end. That's what you said. So good luck this week, man, and uh, thanks for thanks for being on Red vs Blue. You're welcome here anytime. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys. It was fun. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Have a good,
0: good luck to you guys.
2: Former world champion of fantasy football. He was a great guest, Mike. Uh the, he he really knows the stuff. He's a he's a great fantasy player and you can always rely and lean on that uh, a little little bit of insight there to uh to kind of uh, carry over into some of these discussions. He he thinks Crabtree over James Jones, Mike, and, and you think the same, huh? Yeah, I
0: do. I, I mean I would I would rather have Crabtree because uh Crabtree is uh he's niche and uh I mean, I know James Jones is coming, coming in into his own. But uh, let's face it, uh, Don Vruber uh, he might be back this week. So uh, I would rather have Crabtree over James Jones.
2: Okay. Uh, they're reporting in the chat room. Uh, Gates is is having the lingering pain, brutal and frustrating. It's not a guy you want to get in there. Thank you, seven point two, for reporting on that. Steel City says he is on Moreno. And uh man, there's uh, there's a lot going on in the chat room. If you if you ever get a chance, uh come on into the chat room at Red vs. Blue, eleven o'clock Eastern. We're on from eleven o'clock to midnight every Friday night. We never miss. Uh if it's not one of uh if it's not me, it'll be Mike. Uh if 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 Mike's not here it'll be me. Okay. Some, we'll always we'll always bring somebody on. Mike, you know who I like this week. I like Sean Hill of the Lions. It wasn't a good play last week. But if you're playing the Dallas Cowboys uh, it's a pass-heavy team that ranks number one in passing attempts. They're, 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 throwing the, they're throwing the ball 43 times a game. And look at this. In the last five games that he started, he'll pass for over 300 yards in three of them. He's averaging over 17 points in those games. And you look at the Cowboys, they spot a banged-up secondary, which ranks 21st against the pass, giving up over 230 yards of the game. You've got Newman out. You've got Jenkins listed as questionable. We like... Gosh, you gotta like Hill to attack the secondary and, and and that that means big things for Calvin Johnson, possibly for Brandon Pettigrew this week because Burleson is a little dinged up. Uh Burleson has that injury. Uh that's what happened to him last week. Uh he was limited with a thigh on Friday, but he is expected to play. But I really like Pettigrew this week and I love Calvin. Obviously you've got to have Calvin in your lineup, but I like I like Pettigrew as a sleeper.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying there, Scott. Uh right now uh we're looking at Dallas as a uh five and a half point favorite, six. It's between five and a half, six. Uh the old number is uh forty six and a half, so it screens the points. Uh the points being scored by Detroit may be by Job at best. Uh I you know, I I just think that Dallas has changed their whole system, their whole way about doing things. And uh, I, I think they're going to be able to. They're going to limit Calvin Johnson, and I'm going to. I'm going to say this right now. They're limit Calvin Johnson, uh, Sean Hill, and uh, their defense is that good, and uh, they should be able to do that. So uh, yeah, there's
2: there's yeah I, I, no, uh, I see the numbers. No for, That's for sure. For sure. You, you, you've, got to, you've got to keep counting your lineup. You, you, no matter if you think he's limited or not, it doesn't it doesn't make a hill of beans difference because he's still going in your lineup. So you know, you got yeah, to figure out yeah, these I guys mean, that you might yeah, start put or you Cal might.
0: Johnson start. in there, but uh, you might be disappointed in the in the number of points that he puts up this week.
2: That's what I'm saying. You know who well, I'm, di- I mean, you know, I'm disappointed in? My, I'm disappointed. in B. Wells <laughs> every week it's either questionable or out. The week he is going to play, he doesn't get any carries. Now he's back in. Beanie Wells has been an absolute nightmare for owners, and and for a guy that looked like he might be able to do something this year, he's been an absolute bust. That's your bust you were looking for? You know what,
0: Scott? I'll tell you what. Beanie Wells has been a bust, but there's been no bigger bust than D'Angelo Williams. That guy was the biggest bust in the world, and uh, it's just the way it works. I mean – in fantasy football, you, you rely on somebody, you 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 go uh, wide receiver, running back, running back, wide receiver, vice versa, and just keep on going down the line. But when you get somebody like a, a D-Will or a uh, Beanie Wills on your team at the same time, that's tough. Thank goodness for Rashard Menall because he gets a touchdown every game. Yeah,
2: Shockey's ruled out this week, too, for the Saints. Uh, look for Dave Thomas, and I, and I like my sleeper here in Jimmy Graham. Another uh, breakout waiting to happen here. Jimmy Graham, very possibly, will have a good week. Uh, Sheffler's got that questionable shoulder. he He's not practicing that much. Uh, driver was limited in practice with the quad, but he is expected to play. So, again, do you put James Jones in with a banged-up driver? I say you do unless the option is very, very strong. You gotta you gotta make sure and, and and put James Jones in the lineup unless you have something somebody very very good to play. Uh, Stewart's been ruled out. That's another bus right there in Carolina. You're gonna get more uh, Goodson. Mike Goodson's gonna get some uh, some play, but again, that's just a brutal matchup playing Baltimore. They're gonna take him away. They're gonna take Steve Smith away. Uh, Randy Moss is the guy I want to talk about. Mike, to finish. you know, if you guys got Randy Moss, you're more than likely you 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 need to have him in your lineup but you just hate to do it and and it's the most important week of the season do or die make the playoffs or not can you live with putting him on your bench uh on the most important week of the season absolutely
0: i can put him on my bench right now and i'll tell you why because uh this is chris johnson's team and chris johnson will make sure that uh he's going to he's going to run the ball probably 20 25 times when, when was the last time Chris Johnson ran the ball for uh, 25 times in the game? Uh, this, it's time for this guy to just take a hold of this team and say it's my team and this is what's happening. So uh, if you're a Randy Moss owner, in my opinion, I, I would not start him at all. Another guy
2: that looked good uh, was Keelan Williams. I saw he was still available even after that big game. Uh, of his. He was still not picked up in the World Championship of Fantasy Football in my league. He could have been had for a dollar. He got the start in Week 10 with uh, Terrain and Cortis Hurton, but after falling behind to that lead, he wasn't a major focus in the offense. Now, he did have 16 carries for 89 yards and two touchdowns, but a lot of that was mop-up duty. So, I, I I'm, I'm, you know, the Titans, they're a good offensive team. They're not likely to be as explosive as the Eagles, meaning you
0: know, Keelan should get a, get a chance to shine. So, if you know, I, I could see Keelan putting up another 15, you know, even 20 well, points on a good 120 yeah. yards and make the touchdown. That not surprise me a bit. Uh, Keelan Williams uh, could be good, but uh, let's face it, the Washington offense is in disarray. They have no running game. Uh, the only reason they put up 28 points against Philly was because they were coming from behind, and they had to do what they had to do at that point. Uh, I'm not buying into Washington's running game whatsoever unless they have terrain or you better watch it, guys, because the kid may come back. And uh, when I'm talking about the kid, I'm talking about Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis, he may be back not this week, but maybe next week. So keep an eye on Clinton Portis.
2: Boy, if I had the buzzer meter uh, queued up, I would have hit you with it right there, Look. Back to this Moss situation, we've got about 60 seconds left in the show. He was definitely, he was essentially a decoy last week with five targets. But, look, even if you're skeptical uh, about what Randy Moss is going to do this week, Moss at least has a promising matchup. The Redskins, off the massacre, the Michael Vick massacre, they've allowed 14 catches, 200 yards a game, and 2.3 touchdowns per game to the wide receivers. So this could be a... A game where Randy Moss finally wakes up for
0: owners. Mike, we have got to go. Uh, good luck in all your leagues. We've got to make good it luck happen. Good Scott and George Shobab.
1: We hope you got to make it happen. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. you You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your host, Scott Atkins. And Michael Trent. Please join us next time.